If you understand really well what the DNA of your business is, it'll help you expand that business. It'll help you pivot if things aren't working. It'll help you develop new product lines, new business lines, enter new markets, serve new kinds of clients, repurpose your existing assets. There's all kinds of stuff you can do if you understand the true DNA of your business and what makes it tick. You're listening to Making It with John Davids. Hey guys, I'm going to share something with you today that some of you might agree with, some of you might think I'm crazy, but I'll go ahead and say it. I think all businesses are pretty much the same. They all pretty much do the same thing. Maybe, let me change that a little bit, I'll say all businesses do the same thing in maybe four or five or six different buckets. So we have every business in the world, and if you divided them up into five or six categories, you would realize that the DNA of those businesses are almost all identical. Okay, what the hell am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about business DNA, understanding that all the businesses in the world, all the businesses that you could possibly think of, have way, way more in common in what they do and how they do it versus those that are different. And I'm going to divide it up into a few different buckets today. We'll, we'll call this business DNA. So the DNA of different types of businesses. And why is this important other than just kind of being a fun thing to look at? Well, it's important because if you understand really well what the DNA of your business is, it'll help you expand that business. It'll help you pivot if things aren't working. It'll help you develop new product lines, new business lines, enter new markets, serve new kinds of clients repurpose your existing assets. There's all kinds of stuff you can do if you understand the true DNA of your business and what makes it tick. And again, the good news is that there are really only a few kinds of DNA. So I'm going to go over a few of them today, and you can tell me if you think that you agree or if you think I'm full of it. Let's get going. So the first kind of business, the DNA of the first kind of business is what I call the capital business. This is when you're in the business of money. Now, money is a very, very big business. Think private equity, think mortgage lenders, think hedge funds and investment firms, think venture capitalists. These are all businesses that are in the business of money. What is it that they have? Money. What is it that they sell? Money. It's all about money. Generally speaking, they're going to raise pools of money to do this. So if you're going to start you know, a venture capital firm, it's not because you have your own money, although I guess you could. Uh, you're going to raise money from others. So they pool money together and they deploy that money to get the best return they possibly can with appropriate risk. So you're going to measure, okay, what kind of risk are we taking? What kind of return are we going to get? Okay, that makes sense. Let's do it. Now, these businesses generally start in one area of the capital stack and will go into different areas. So think about venture capitalists. You might start with a VC firm that's making seed investments. You're making small investments in small upstart companies. And then as time goes by, you make larger and larger investments in different kinds of companies. And generally that happens because you grow with the companies. And as you start making larger investments, you say, hey, we can be a seed stage venture capitalist. We can be a late stage venture capitalist. We can invest in public markets. We can you know, own stocks that are publicly traded in the IPO. We can do all kinds of things. You see this also with companies as they get larger and larger. So the biggest financial companies in the world, the Blackstones and the Blackrocks of the world and the Vanguards of the world, 
They sell lots and lots of different financial products, but again, they're in the capital business all the time. They raise billions of dollars, trillions of dollars in some cases, in the case of BlackRock, and they deploy it in all kinds of ways. But effectively, they're in the capital business. And it's easy to see how these companies grow and expand. They simply look at other uses for their money and they deploy that way. So they say, hey, you know, we could be in the venture capital business. We can be in the mortgage business. We could be investing in private equity. We can be buying up real estate directly. We could be doing loans against all kinds of different types of, um, of businesses. So this is the capital business. The DNA is capital. Make sense? All right, let's move on to another kind of business DNA, and that is the information business. The information economy is a huge one. And all these businesses will kind of put different nail polish on, put different lipstick on, put different mascara on, but they're all kind of in the same world. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about education, universities, colleges. I'm talking about training, sales training, marketing training, business training, uh, different type of career training, life coaching, any kind of, you know, think Tony Robbins, life coaching. Think about law firms when they're giving out information. Think about the online course business. Think about books for that matter. This is all information packaged, branded, and sold in different ways. Now, I'll, I'll go, you know, I'll venture to say something you guys might think I'm crazy, but think about it this way. The guy selling sales training consulting one-on-one out of his garage is the same as Harvard University. It's the same thing. Well, Harvard is a gigantic, globally recognized, you know, higher education academy. And the guy selling sales training out of his garage is a guy selling sales training out of his garage. How are these the same? Well, they're the exact same. Harvard has a better brand, better faculty, better testimonials better business lines, more real estate, a far more recognized global brand, better onboarding process, more exclusivity, just better, you know, everything in general is better about Harvard. And this guy just hasn't gotten there yet. Give him a few hundred years like Harvard's had. He might be there too, or or maybe not. But the idea is that if you are a small information business, there are lots of ways you can deploy your product, your information. So maybe you're not going to be Harvard tomorrow, but maybe you can do one-on-one consulting today. Then you sell group training classes. Then you write a book. Then you sell an online course. Then you do uh, high-paying speaking gigs. There's other ways to do what you do. Again, think about what you're doing and getting yourself into a vehicle where you could do it in the best possible way. I would say Harvard is the absolute top of the top of information business. They've done it right. They've had, again, three, 400 years of doing it, so they've done it right. You're starting an information business today. Think about the best way to deploy your information. Okay, let's move on to the database business. I love the database business. The database business means that your DNA is a database. What do you have? You have data. Okay, what are we talking about here? Well, in the age of the internet, database businesses have absolutely exploded, but they've actually been around for a very, very long time. So the very first database business that I can think of was the phone book. 
The phone book was the very first time I was exposed to a database business when I was five years old. And I remember seeing the phone book and thinking, wow, there's a ton of information in here. How do they get it all in this book? How do they know all this stuff? And you know, it, it's, it's amazing, but think about it. The phone book is a phenomenal database business. Now, databases are different from information because databases sort the data in a way that is highly managed, highly indexed. You, you know a database when you see one. What's an example of another common database, again, exploding in the age of the internet? The biggest one I can think of, Google. Maybe Facebook, but really Google is a database business. When they started out, they were looking at indexing all the information in the world. Now, Google has grown, and you could argue today that it's more of an audience business, which I'll get to in a minute. But I would say Google is truly a database business. Okay, what else is there? Yelp. Yelp is a database business. If you guys are searching for information on companies, you can go to Hoover's, you can go to PitchBook, you can go to Crunchbase. Again, all database businesses. Now, databases typically monetize through subscriptions, through advertising, or some combination of both. And they can do it at a very low price, or they can do it at an incredibly high price. So what's, what's an example of a super, super expensive database business? Bloomberg. Bloomberg, if you work on Wall Street, if you work in the financial world, if you work in a world where you need financial information and you need, you need access to it in real time, you've got to get a Bloomberg terminal and you're going to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably millions of dollars if you're a large organization for access to Bloomberg. What are you getting? You're getting a database. You're getting a database of stock tickers, news and information, all the companies, all the executives that you need access to, and you're getting that information at your fingertips in a database. Database businesses generally work really, really well at the high end. So think about, again, finance, legal, government, regulatory. Those databases go for a lot of money. And then you have databases that fit the masses. So think about Yelp, again, a database of local businesses. You want to access that? Great. It's free. How do they monetize? Advertising. If they charged money for access to Yelp, would you pay? Eh, maybe. I don't know. But if you need access to, again, a legal database because you're a lawyer and every deal that you do is worth hundreds or thousands of dollars, are you going to pay top dollar for access to that legal database? Absolutely. Databases can be great businesses, especially at the high end, or if you reach the very mass audiences of the world, again, like Google. Let's move on to the DNA of a business number four. That is the audience business. So when you have audience DNA, you're probably something like a media company, a newsletter company, a recording artist, a celebrity. You're in the business of audiences. And what you do makes sense because you have an audience. So you do events, you do advertising, you do subscription, you provide paid access. Now, you can get really, really creative with audience businesses as well. When you have access to a large audience, there's a lot you can do. So I'll give you an example of one that came up probably 10 years ago now, still around today. Don't know how, how big they are anymore, but think about Groupon. So when Groupon came out, what they did was they said, okay, we have a large audience on one side. On the other side, we're going to take merchants have every merchant give us a deal. And if enough people sign up for that deal, the deal unlocks. So you want to go to the local spa to get your nails done? Great. Of 100 people want that deal, it's normally priced at $75. We're offering it for $60. If 100 people sign up, 
great, we get it. And then Groupon, of course, made money by taking money from the uh, salon in that case, and everybody gets a lower price. So this is a really creative way to make money if you have an audience, not pure advertising, although it's kind of advertising, not paid subscription, not paid access, group deals. AppSumo does something very similar. The group deal business is really cool because it's no risk on the side of the merchant that's providing the deal. And again, it's a great offer. It's a win-win on the side of the consumer that actually gets the deal. So it's really, really cool to have an audience business and monetize it in cool ways. The other interesting thing to understand about the audience business is that most companies, most companies eventually, as they get really successful, naturally become audience businesses. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, go back to the example I mentioned a few minutes ago with Google. Google started off as a database business, and it still has database in its DNA. However, you could very well argue that today it's an audience business because they have the largest audience in the world, and they monetize with advertising, which again is a common way to monetize if you have an audience. It's also a good way to monetize if you have a database business. But you could easily say that Google is an audience business at this point. Take another one, Amazon. Amazon, of course, does retailing online. They do e-commerce. They do Amazon Web Services. What else do they do? They do Amazon advertising. They make billions and billions a year off advertising, which is a clear audience business. And why do they do this? Because they said, hey, we've got hundreds of millions of people coming to our website every single day. Let's go ahead and advertise to them. So Amazon became an an audience business. And lots of companies do this. Starbucks does this. Walmart does this. Nike does this. Any company that reaches global scale or even national scale, or even just has a really rabid following, naturally becomes an audience business. Although you could make the argument that, that their DNA is still something else, even if they add audience DNA to what they're doing. Okay. Last point I'll mention on the audience business is that if you are a content creator, if you're an influencer, you are definitely in the the audience business. I actually did a whole other podcast episode, Nine Ways Content Creators Can Make Money. Definitely check that out. A bunch of different business models specifically pertaining to the audience business. Okay. The last one we're going to talk about today is the arbitrage business. Now, this is probably the most basic business model you could possibly have. The most basic business DNA is arbitrage. Arbitrage is very simple. You buy something for one price and you sell it for more money, or you source something for one price and you sell it for more money. Now, you might think, well, yeah, but John, isn't that essentially the basis of every business? Well, not really. I mean, yes, every everybody is selling something for more than it costs them to produce. But if you're in the information business or the database business or the audience business, it's a little bit different. So think about it like this. You source something and you sell that exact same thing for a profit. So let's say you were able to buy jewelry for cheap because you have a connection at a factory overseas and you're selling that jewelry in North America on your e-commerce site at a markup. You're in the arbitrage business plain and simple. If you're a retailer or a merchant or you're a restaurant, you're in the arbitrage business. Now, again, you could make the argument that you're doing something else, but I would say if you're buying something for one price and selling it for another, and that is the foundation, the foundation of your business, you are in the arbitrage DNA. That's what you are in. 
is there crossover? Could there be companies doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that? Absolutely. But uh, but arbitrage being your DNA, it's that simple. Arbitrage is your DNA. Now, one last note, there are lots and lots of examples, and I've already talked about some of them, where a company is in more than one category. Service businesses could be sort of arbitrage, sort of information, like a law firm again. A media company could be an information business or an audience business or a database business. So you could have different ways of looking at it. You know, what's the DNA of Facebook? Facebook could be an information business. It's an audience business. It's a database business. It really depends on what side of the aisle you're on and what business model you're choosing to monetize it. So let's let's kind of wrap this up with, with, with one final thought. The way to think about business DNA in a very practical sense, if you are a business owner or if you're an investor, is what is it that your company does that you're really, really good at right now? Because that's going to really pave the way to expansion, to pivoting, to growth. You have to understand what it is that you do today, not what it is that you wish you did. So again, if you are in the information business today and you'd like to be in the audience business, that's fine, but you're not in the audience business yet. So focus on different ways to deploy what you have today, which is the information and some of the business models that pertain to information. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. If you like what you're hearing, if you enjoy it, definitely give me a rating or review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can get me on Twitter at RealJohnDavids, R-E-A-L-J-O-N-D-A-V-I-D-S. I read all the comments. I'm open on the DMs. I want to know what you guys think and what kind of episodes, what kind of topics do you want to hear in this podcast? I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.